You're listening to River Whispers, stories and sounds from the Werribee River, commissioned by Wyndham City and created by sound artist Patrick Cronin. Wyndham City Council recognises Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of Australia. We acknowledge the Bunurong and Wadawurrung peoples as traditional owners of the lands on which Wyndham City operates. The Wadawurrung and Bunurong peoples have and always will belong to the Werribee Yaluk River creeks, stars, hills and red clay of this country. We pay respect to their ancestors and elders who always have and always will care for country and community today and for future generations. In this immersive audio work, we hear the voices of local people and children from Werribee Primary School. We hope you enjoy their stories. If you're standing right in the middle of the bridge, you'd see the beauty of the river, the tree canopy that you're walking amongst and listening to the birds and you know all the insects. My name is Ramani Dori Raj. I'm an urban designer of the city of Wyndham. I live in Wyndham, in Point Cook. Yeah, I love it. We didn't know much about Werribee apart from sort of hearsay, but it didn't take long for us to sort of realize what a hidden gem it is. My name is Fatima Misham. I'm a writer and conservation volunteer. I've been living in this area for around 15 years. My enjoyment of the river is largely around the natural environment, the greenery, water scenes, the reflection of the sun on the water, and the life on the river. My name is John Forrester. I'm the Werribee Riverkeeper, and that's a role that's hosted by the Werribee River Association, advocating and speaking up for the Werribee River. I live in Werribee and enjoy the area very much. As kids, would believe it or not, swim in the river and play in the river. You probably would not do that today, but certainly in those days we did. Well, my name's Ori Savaludjo, born and bred in Werribee. My uh, grandparents came from overseas in Italy to settle and live here. That's where my history starts, and uh, we've worked and lived on one street for near all my life. When I feel stressed, there's somewhere I just sit there for 10 minutes and you get recharged. It's a fast charging battery situation. My name is Yang Li. I'm a Chinese immigrant in Australia. I'm actually a visual artist living in Werribee South. For me, the river red gums, especially in like a dusk light, it's like, oh. My name is Jess Fairfax and I live in Werribee. Uh, I make audio documentaries and soundscapes, but I also work as a sustainability project officer for the Werribee River Association. There is a beauty here that is like no other. It's rich in the tapestry of life and the stories and the fluidity of the water itself. My name is Barry Gilson. I'm a Wadawadang man. I'm a poet, a singer. I'm a traditional custodian and a storyteller. I'm here to tell you about the Werribee Yalok, the Werribee River. Long, long ago, The Werribee Yalok, it starts at Kawinji Bora, meaning fire from the mountains. 
flowing down to Bacchus Marsh, or Pula Bapalok. It joins the Lerdadurg and then it flows all the way down into the sea. Werribee Yalok, meaning spine, as a river weaves its way through country, it's arched like a backbone from a human. You know, the word that it comes from, spine or backbone, it sort of holds up the area ecologically, demographically. It's got many stories to tell. When white settlers came to live here, it was called X after the X River in England, and then the Wyndham. Uh, and so it had its name changed over some time, but quite early the name Werribee was adopted. Werribee River comes from Wari, a wide stretch of water, Beel, River Red Gum, and Yalok, which means river. It has three meanings in the one term. The name of the river is from the local traditional owners and it's a great name, it belongs to them and it's still with us today. The river was seen as a backbone, that's where we look, and as a lifeline to the land. Being able to call the river Werribee, I'm not even probably pronouncing it the way the watering would say it. It's almost inextricable, this relationship between language and landscape. You're trying to keep the river alive by calling it by the name that it was known for many thousands of years. There are song lines everywhere. The rivers are song lines. We used to walk them and sing and hunt and learn. Sing about Balayang and the feminine nature of the river with the Brolga, Kurungit, and Kunawara, the black swan, how he created the two women from the alluvial clay beds, teaching them how to hunt in the rivers and how to catch eels, bunia, we call them, to, to eat. There are three main geological features on Wadarung country. Bunjul created everything that was basalt. Luern created everything that was granite, and Baliang created everything that was river, waterway, billabongs, and streams. The Werribee River begins in the Wombat Forest. This side of Dalesford, it proceeds to flow to the sea down through places like Balan and Bacchus Marsh and Melton, down through Tarnit, through Werribee proper, and then along the estuary to the sea at Werribee South. I'm a curious person living in the entrance of the river in Werribee South. I always want to know where it started. And then I went to Werribee Gorge. You realize Werribee River looks so tiny there. You feel like one jump, you can cross to the other side of the river. Standing on the bridge and I look upstream, the Werribee River flows around about three kilometres to this point from the diversion here. That works its way towards Cottrell Street, which is more a residential area downstream. You've got Churnside Park, uh, you've got Bungie's Hole, you've got the new bridge that crosses over in Werribee Street. The water turns the corner and it passes through the lower Werribee suburbs and crosses underneath the Geelong to Melbourne Road. As you move down there, you see the Werribee Overrange Zoo and the Werribee River Park, where the estuary really starts to begin. So just when you think you know what the river looks like or what it is, 
it reveals itself in another way, in a different part, you know, of its journey toward the bay. And then the water winds its way down through farmland, so there are beautiful tablecloth patterns of paddocks. You then come to Graham's Wetland Reserve, which was an old farm. And then, of course, you come to the town of Werribee South, where the jetties are and you hit the river mouth itself. I walk the river every day. I walk with my dog, enjoying the scenery, the many birds, wildlife. The sounds are, are fantastic, especially at night. There's a little section where there's some rocks and it gets really, really bubbly and gurgly when the water is running. I just love it. The river always tends to centre me, being on top of the bridge and appreciating you know, what the river has to offer. When I was kayaking down the river, I saw those beautiful trees reflecting in the water. That moment really captured my feeling, feeling peaceful and calm. The estuary is probably one of my favourite spots. I love sitting at the mouth of the Werribee River looking up and seeing the Yuyangs in the background. It's a glorious view. They provide a wonderful contrast of height and shape compared to the flat land through which the Werribee flows. I feel like it's really important for more people to be able to get to know the river because it ensures its longevity in a way because you can't really save or preserve something unless you notice it. I like to get people to do sound walks along the Werribee River which basically means walking silently, trying to tune into all the different sounds around them, just really grounding yourself using incredible sounds that you can hear along the river. I heard the wind whistling. The sound of leaves rustling, the river flowing, the whooshing around, the wind coming past, the trees moving and rattling, the sound of people walking. Long ago, Baliang the Bat, Bunjil's brother, was ordered by Bunjil to create the rivers, swamps, billabongs and streams with his stone axe called Lan Karakan. He'd thump it down onto the ground and a river would appear. He created all the waterways so people could enjoy fish and hunt and swim. If I write about nature or the environment, I always start with who was here first. The river was the border and is the border of different indigenous language groups. The boundaries have held firm for so long and one of those boundaries is the river. There's also a scar tree. The position of the scar tree is in a very important part of the river. It's where three tribes border each other. The Marpian Balak from the Wadawurrung, the Yulikit Willem from the Bunurung, the Karanjang Balak from the Wawurrung. This was an important place where they could trade, where they could share stories and have ceremony. My background's Chinese, so um, there's a lot of culture related to river. And there's a philosopher saying, you can never step into the same river twice, because the river has been keep moving, pairing the culture and the history. On all rivers on Kulin country, there was an ancient law to protect people from traveling it, called Marum. We say Maruda. This was where landlocked tribes could walk down in peace, all the way to the ocean side, collect shells, go hunting, go fishing, and walk back. 
There was no harm put onto any tribe walking along the river. It was a neutral zone, a sacred place. I think back to the city that I grew up in, in the southern Philippines. We had a river as well that bisected the city. It's part of people's sense of place and sense of themselves. And I suppose I connect that to Yellow, that regardless of all these changes, that there's this constant entity that runs through our interconnected stories. My parents, with my uncle, had farms in K Road, market gardens. And my uncle and my dad would encourage me to go to the K Road cliffs and I would cut wild mint and they would sell it for me at the market. And that was my pocket money. Could not do that today, they kicked me out. Childhood memories of the river. It's like a seam or a thread that cuts across time and demographics and places. We would swim at Bungie's Hole, you know, the old rope on the gum tree branch with a tyre, and we'd be swinging off the rope and jumping into the water and things like that. It was a fun spot. Bungie's was used quite a bit for swimming. In fact, my wife's father used to come down here from Bacchus Marsh and swim in the swimming sports against Werribee High School in the 30s. I've been in Werribee since I was probably about five years old. We used to go for bike rides along the river. I remember just being under the trees in the shade, nice summer days. There are places along the river that are a bit less impinged upon, where it's left to be itself. You really feel like you're in the middle of the bush. It's not paved and sometimes you've got to climb over some rocks and duck under some trees. I like those clues about how it might have looked beforehand. Trees hold important spiritual meanings in the Wadarung. We give terms of endearment to the tree family. They live and breathe. If we made a canoe out of a stringy bark tree, we would call it Mr. Stringy Bark Tree or Bunjul Yun Gura. If we cut a canoe out of a red gum tree, such as the trees along the Werribee Yalok, we'd call it Sir Benpol or Bunjul Doang Un. This was pretty much all grassland and then along the river you've got the red gums, you've got things like kangaroo apple, all the acacias. There's the Werribee blue box so that's endemic to this region. The Werribee blue box, there were very few of these trees known about because what we had done over the decades is brought in our sheep and cows and so forth so any young ones were just eaten up. But since around 2005, both the Wyndham City Council and the Werribee Open Range Zoo have been actively caring for mature trees to allow natural regeneration to occur. And you can now buy the seed quite commonly at various nurseries in the west of Melbourne. There's no doubt about it, this is a significant tree. The river is precious to heaps of animals, like fish and birds and platypus. Turtles, hawks, ducks, snakes. Between the um, Cairo Cliff and then the uh, river entrance, that's the most beautiful bush because when you stay quiet, you can hear the symphony from the birds. There's a whole orchestra there, actually. Bird watching is a bit of a misnomer because you can hear them as well. And if you're a bird watcher like myself, you know that they're there even if you don't see them. The birds are such a delight. I feel very much like a toddler. What's that? What's this? <laughs> Some beautiful birds that live on the river that I enjoy currently are 
crested shrike tits. These are black, white and yellow birds. They're beautiful birds. They've got a very tough little beak and their job is to eat the insects in broken old branches and underbark and so on. So they actually assist in the decomposition of plants. I love New Holland honey eaters because they're so pretty. They look black and white, speckles on their yellow wing. White-plumed honey eaters and magpies. The little fairy wrens. The curious birds. I don't think they're checking my work. They're checking if I can feed them. Ravens, as we know them, or crows as most people call them. Yesterday I heard a currawong, which is a blackbird that looks like a raven. Next to the river lives rainbow lorikeets. You see those colourful birds flying and then you can hear the sound of the birds. I'm not exactly sure what they're talking about. So Western treatment plants, it's the second best bird watching in Australia after Kakadoo. I saw two brogas. Birds to me are really what I enjoy most, to demonstrate, if you like, the life and, and the beautiful place that I live in. In terms of sort of coming to know the river, it does involve getting out of the car and taking time, listening, you know, letting it tell you what it is and how it is and the sort of relationships that the river shares with the birds and the plants. There was the time when I was kayaking down the river, I saw those beautiful trees reflecting in the water. I'm a visual artist myself. That moment really captured my feeling and I'm starting my first painting of the landscape. There's heaps of secret spots. There's all these little places that you can find if you allow yourself to go on a bit of a treasure hunt. A lot of my artworks are actually related to Warrabi River. It's not just about the painting itself. I'm part of the environment. You hear the sound, you smell the river. I'm trying my best to capture the feeling. That's the thing I want to share with people. I hope one day my artworks and all the local artists' artwork can bring people saying, I must see that river. Along the river itself is thousands of years of history. To fully heal the river, we have to start with the history. We came along and we didn't stop the cattle and the sheep from going onto the river. and We ruined the water quality and we dropped our sewage in it and all this stuff. You can hear that the river's had a poor old time over the years. Waste is a huge issue, especially in terms of preserving biodiversity. We've got plenty of birds and mammals and reptiles that consider the river their home. So I do get concerned, very concerned, I know when I see waste. People have the right to enjoy the river. It's also really important for people to keep in mind that we need to protect this river. There are so many garbage along the river bank every time when I walk there and trying to collect as much as I can. It's just really easy to bring your garbage home. I would hope that from a conservation point of view, people will get to a place where they realise there has to be a reciprocity in this relationship. How do I give back? How do I make sure that this river continues in the best state that it can be in the years to come? The awareness of the river being here is one of the biggest challenges we have. It's funny that sometimes it's on your doorstep, you don't necessarily know it's there, and then when you discover it, it becomes something that you need to visit all the time. <laughs> yeah. Wyndham Park is literally landlocked. The bridge was meant to be a link from the city centre, being Wharton Street, into the park. 
The Werribee Piazza was built by the council in conjunction with the bridge. And this used to be the car park to my grandfather's shop. We would always be playing football, cricket, soccer in this gravel area, um, or used to be graveled area. And yeah, it was a lot of fun and a lot of history associated with this area. Now that the park is here, it just made it so accessible. I like that there's different purposes embedded into the landscape, but without sort of then taking away from the natural beauty of the river. When we started this project, we consulted the traditional owners of the land on the western side of the Werribee River. From the early stages, they've highlighted the importance of the river and, and Wyndham Park to the community, respect the natural environment. We have to learn what was there and try to replicate and bring that back. Living in harmony with nature, never exploiting an area so we can come back and we can sustain life. We go to Wyndham Park. It's just beautiful to see all the birds be in the trees and for the kids to just play and run around. It's a good place to play with your friends. I like to watch the birds fly around. To walk around the park to see the animals that live here, to see all the birds and hear them. The circling waves around the river. I like to see the nature. The animals, they're very unique. The biggest change is in the diversity of people that I see enjoying the river. More and more and more, I'm seeing all sorts of different backgrounds across different ages. I think we've managed to find a balance between using and valuing the area. This park will always be for the community and it will provide that refuge and green lung for the city. That's how I knew I was local. Once I sort of felt like I belonged to the river. When there's a river runs through your area, you feel like the area is getting a soul from the running river. I'm a big believer in community. It's been uh, a lifelong love affair, I suppose, with Werribee. It's in a pretty good state. There's been a lot of plantings around it. You do have this river and you can go there and find solace. Peaceful, that's how I feel about the river. When you stand right on the bridge itself above the river, you're transported into a kind of a different space. Delight, just in looking at it, appreciating what it offers and just belonging to it. A lot of getting to know the river is getting to know my place here in a way that treads gently on this very old landscape. The elders would sit around of a night time and tell of the dreaming stories in the night sky. This was the time where everyone would relax and listen to the elders and they would build their life, kurunyita, their life force, and use the wise words handed down from the elders 